Cereal and turn on the TV. I'm watching my cartoons, please don't bother me. I could grow up tomorrow, pay the bills and be responsible. But today it just doesn't feel possible. Let's talk about life and doesn't everything between. Things that keep you up at night and idiosyncrasy. Public bathroom etiquette and matches we can't see. Girls please to know where the nature of reality. Let's talk about life and doesn't everything between. Breakfast foods and bad times, the cartoons on the TV. Breakfast foods and bad times, cartoons on the TV. I can always tell when you're the last person to get into a cereal box because you don't roll the top down. You just sort of like push the bag into the box and close it. So it's still open inside. But if it's closed, what does it matter? It's not really closed. It's for freshness. The box is closed. You want the freshest cereal. And and also, a push down, I think, is on par with a roll up. You think that a, a push down and a roll up are the same thing? It's like one says down, the other says up. That's opposites like, already. What what the thing you're trying to keep out is oxygen, right? Oxygen and insects. Oh, okay, perfect. All right. So when you roll, okay, yeah, you've created a perfect spiral-like track for the oxygen and the insects to travel to reach the cereal. When you crumple. You you've just cre- have an opening to, for them cre- to go directly you've inside. You've created a maze-like structure that they'll never make their way through. It's not uniform. Uh, I would have to disagree. That's not what I've seen. If you were the results the- of the pushdown are generally just that you can see directly through into the cereal. No, 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 because it's bent down oh, along the way. It's crushed it's, and bent down. So it's, like, it's almost, you just sort of made like a rolling motion there when you're. No, it's crushed, it's crushed forward like that. It's rolled up. Okay, so you're admitting that I roll it then. No, you don't roll it. I, I'm doing the motion that I do. Here, I'll, do, I'll even do it on microphone. Well, you have to make sure it's fully open now. Okay. Open. Okay. Okay. That, that is not a maze, sir. Does that look like a maze? I think that you tampered the evidence. Uh, you think let's, I tampered? You were watching Let's me. say that you're at the beginning of a hedge maze, and in the middle is delicious cereal that you're trying to get to. And right? you can see the cereal from the start of the maze. You enter the maze, right? There is but one path, and it goes in a spiral motion straight to the middle. Uh-huh. Not a very difficult maze to solve. What if there were but two paths, and both of those <laughs> were just a straight line to I cereal? think that you've made up in your mind that I leave the bag open. I'm just, I'm when just in saying. reality, I crumple it into a, a disgusting mess. I should have I just taken a photo. The evidence doesn't lie. Here, I'll do it again. Oh, yeah. And you can take a photo Now you'll time. do it again. What is this, a roll? That was a roll. Okay. I'm going to do it again. You can take a photo. Are you going to get your phone? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that, that... You added some motions there. You went deep. <laughs> you went deep. Okay. Okay. I did it. Okay. This This is definitely not the same result as we had last time. I mean, I did it, you know, the way that I do it. Let's let's get a landscape portrait so we can see the full beauty of my work. I mean, if we could uh, see from the bug's eye view here, 
I think down here, this is a, a direct-to-cereal route. I mean, he'd have to stop and plan his route and, you know, come to that conclusion. And, just, you know, also... Can this, we just crinkle the plastic bag on Mike a whole bunch more? The picture that you're taking includes the box top being open. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thorough about putting tab A into slot B. I always I always tab A into Shouldn't slot B. tab A go into slot A? Uh, I think that's how that expression goes. I mean, I think when you put a tab A into slot B is still illegal in some states. I'm not saying that <laughs> all expressions make sense, including this one. But I think the expression is tab A into slot B. Also, in some states, <laughs> no slot B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My girlfriend has a no slot B rule. Where's she from? <laughs> The South? I, no, she's not. <laughs> she's not from the South. Defenders of the Earth. Did you like that song? Uh, it wasn't really a song. <laughs> to say why? I mean, there was music in the background of it, but it was sort of just like, here are some attributes of one of our heroes, and then someone will say their name out loud, and then <laughs> that's it. And then they moved on. Yeah. Rinse, repeat. Yeah, it was sort of like the Ninja Turtles theme song, the second verse where they like name off all four turtles and Master Splinter and give you like a quick one sentence synopsis of their personality, except less musical, <laughs> less I, rhyming. I feel like everyone got a solid two to three sentences too. Yeah, and got, each character had a verse. Right, right, right. And as we already talked about off mic. We're only talking about the core group of the Defenders of the Earth here. Mm-hmm. So we've got Flash Gordon, renowned, beloved character of comic books, film, television. I mean, he's beloved probably by someone. Uh, I mean, you've seen the movie Ted, right? Yeah. Those characters the, the love him. The fictional story. <laughs> I mean, that probably came from Seth MacFarlane's actual yeah. love of the character. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Okay, so then you've got... Mandrake the Magician. You've got Mandrake's assistant and bodyguard, Lothar. Mm-hmm. And the Phantom. He's the assistant slash bodyguard. He really seemed to be more involved than anyone else. It he, didn't he was seem, basically the leader. It didn't seem like any of the white guys were pulling their weight as much <laughs> as the black assistant, Lothar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, you've got the Phantom famously portrayed by billy zane in the film the phantom which is a uh a 1990s film adaptation of a 1940s radio show wasn't there a comic in between i don't know i think there's at least a comic strip like prince valiant style you know serial uh newspaper comic but that's serial with an s i understood what you meant yes uh the uh but the the 90s the film industry in the 90s is somewhat known for a lot of times in the 90s there would be one film that came out in one year and that same year another studio would just make that same like still the bizarro version all the time i mean i can i mean there's some 90s examples but the same year that the fathom fathom the same year the phantom was fathomed <laughs> the shadow was shadowed. Can we go to to Fathom events and order some movie tickets? <laughs> you know the shadow, Alec Baldwin. 
Yeah. Also based on our 40s. What about Darkman? I don't think that came out the I, same I year. I thought Shadow and Darkman were like the same. Is Darkman even... I don't think that's based on a radio play, is it? I think that's a, no, I think a Sam Raimi original. Maybe. But yeah, those two characters were public domain... What? <laughs> I'm just mushing all the words together now. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so we've got our, our core group, and we already talked off mic about how that's just the beginning of the Defenders of the Earth and the many cast of characters that come with it. Because Too many characters. Too many to... It would be for- like in Spider-Man if Aunt May's uh, bridge partner... <laughs> had a son and that that person had a verse in the intro and he got to go on every spider-man like, adventure yeah, it's like spider-man spider-man and also his aunt may's friend's son troy <laughs> <laughs> right because uh flash has a son and the and the little girl that troy is babysitting this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> great um <laughs> Uh, great impersonation of the Spider-Man. Great job on that. <laughs> Troy's blood. Troy's blood. Well, radioactive when, Troy's when blood. Troy's blood, that just means Troy is in trouble. Yeah, he doesn't have radioactive spider blood. No. Um, He's like type A. So Flash has a son named Rick. And then Flash has a dead wife that gets... Her soul harnessed into a crystal, which his son turns into a supercomputer. And then Mandrake mm-hmm. has an adopted orphan boy. And then Lothar has a son named LJ, Lothar Jr. And then Phantom has a daughter, and she has a pet panther. And the adopted orphan boy has a pet alien named Zuffy. Zuffy is, yeah. And then Phantom has a horse and a wolf. And I think we probably missed some after that. Like, there's a lot. He not only has a horse and a wolf, he can also summon the strength of ten tigers. <laughs> ten individual tigers to be counted off every time he calls on their pounds. Yeah. So, I read that that's not in the radio version of Phantom. This version of Phantom has a incantation that he says... That gives him the strength of... It gives him super strength, is what it is. But there's like a ching sound. So they didn't calculate exactly how many of a specific jungle animal he was able to summon. How many tiger power he has? Yeah. No, so there's like a clunk noise for every tiger, and they literally rattle off each it's one. Like if you put a coin into an arcade machine every time it makes like a sound. Yeah. From my jungle birthright, I call upon the power of ten tigers. Which, okay, speaking of that noise, every time they need to change the scene in this cartoon, there's a scene setter. It's like a pokeball with a lightning bolt through it. Well, it's the Flash Gordon logo. But it's the Earth, and then the Earth very quickly rotates, and it's the Flash Gordon logo. And there's a video game noise. And it seems to separate scenes that don't need a separator, and it seems to be not not present during scenes when we do need a separator. I'm surprised they have time for it, what with all the fucking characters they have to jump back into. (laughs) There wasn't a story yet, but so far we've just gotten an introduction to each character. (laughs) 
Yeah, because at the very well, the first round of characters. Yeah, there's many more to come. There's of course. tertiary homosexuals. That to come. <laughs> the um, the at the very end when they settle on their name, which wasn't taken up to a vote at all. Mandrake just says we're the defenders of the yeah. earth. I, I like how he goes. All right, we're all partners forever, and we shall forever be known as the defenders of the earth. No one questioned that. That's what we're going with. And then they all just put their hands in and go, "Okay." But hands just keep coming, seemingly out of nowhere. Well, they they come in an evenly distributed pattern, and they're all filled up. And they're like, "Oh, wait, there's not enough room." So then, like a bunch more just all come in from one side. <laughs> yeah, including Zuffy, the alien creature. Okay, while we're picking apart this show so not not that this is the show if we show's pick apart the show there won't be anything left right not that this is the show's fault but the the backstory of flash gordon is literally insane and i got to address some of the names here because flash's known and famous nemesis is ming the merciless from mongo who is from the planet mongo and he has a a pet dragon named Mondor? Mongor? Mongor. Mongor. Right. It's the planet name with one extra. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be like if you named your dog Earthy. Right. Or or like Earthed. Eartha. Earthed. Because it sounds exactly like he's saying Mongo every time he (laughs) yells at it. Right. I don't remember his computer's name. I left my phone in the other room. But the computer's name was pretty close too. Because he has a spider computer that he controls. It looks like a light bulb with legs. Yes. It's and, uh, a strange design. Also, isn't it weird that all the technology on his planet is apparently based on ice? And there are ice robots. Yes. That if, if you break them apart, they like zip back together by the magical magnetic power of ice. Uh-huh. You know how ice does yep. when you break it up. It just sort of goes back together. <laughs> well, wasn't he trying to take over Earth so that he could start some sort of ice farm in the ice caps? I think that Mongo was an ice planet. We Well, we saw Mongo. It is an ice planet. Similar, right, right, right. similar to Hoth in nature. Uh-huh. And he even had a furry creature reach out of a hole and, and drag one of our heroes down. Yes. Very um, similar in that regard. So... We know that they come from an ice planet, but they've based all of their technology on ice, and now they're having some sort of problem with resources running out. Sounds like global warming. So they're coming for Earth, which maybe that's what... This cartoon came out... 86. Okay, in 1986. Maybe this cartoon is responsible for global warming. People were like, we we gotta stop Mongo from attacking. (laughs) How do we do that? Get rid of all the ice. We gotta... We're done with ice. This will no longer be an ice-friendly planet. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess Ming would not want to harvest our planet if we get, melted all of our ice caps. I mean, he would have a real limited window at this point. Yeah, we're, uh, we're closing the gap. <laughs> well, he wants to come to Earth, and the only place he can go is to, like... I don't know if they specify if he's, like, at the North Pole or in the Arctic or something. But he's in a frozen area of Earth where he sets up his base. And for some reason, (laughs) there's a prison there that he's able to... Like, there's just an abandoned prison with high-tech, like, super electrocution executionary. It's, like, poles that you tie the prisoner to... 
and then you throw a switch and they get electrocuted out in a public yard. Oh, the electric pole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. But then our heroes see that he has his warehouse or whatever set up in the prison, and they're just like, oh, yeah, that's the old prison. Like, yeah. they just know about it. You know, the one that's on the ice caps. Yeah, the old abandoned prison that we that we kept up there for a while. The heating bill was too high. That was being used. <laughs> yeah, the heating bill was outrageous. Um, but about Flash Gordon, though... He's a blonde, hunky Earth man who is really good at sports and has a hot wife and goes to another planet to for fight. For no reason. Right. Well, I mean, not for no He goes there for a reason, but why is it him? I, I don't know. He is elected to fight off this strangely Chinese villain from another planet. And uh, I can't quite figure out if the story of Flash Gordon is like... Something that was written in between hits yeah. of cocaine, or if it was, like, an older guy who was, like, out of touch with what the kids wanted in their comic books, and that's what he came up with. I or mean, if- Flash Gordon has now a television series, The Defenders of the Earth. Yes. And has had at least two movies. There's a lot of movies, I think. a comic book, so maybe you're the one who's out of touch with what the kids <laughs> want, because Flash Gordon has brought in some dollars. Well, another thing that it could possibly be is like, and this this really ties in something we have to talk about, is like what if it's just like well, shit, I can't use a licensed character, so I'll just come up with like this guy who is Superman-like and perfect in every way. He's basically Hitler's Superman. Yeah. Right. Oh, because he's blonde and blue-eyed. Yeah. And tall and muscular and super smart and strong and fast. Right. And also flies in space. Yes. You know, like Hitler wanted. Yeah. Uh, So, which, which ties in perfectly to the whole premise of this cartoon is like... I think I, I don't remember what you called it last week when we discovered it. Was, it. I was like, it's the League of Unaffiliated Superheroes. Yeah, the public domain fighters. It's just this like group mishmash of heroes who seeming like you said are unaffiliated. They need a group. And like it, they're they're like, we need heroes that are not Marvel or DC or Dark Horse. Just who's left? <laughs> uh, Prince Valiant. No. And I guess, I guess if I was crafting a team and I didn't know these characters from any other way, I guess it's a good team. You've got a hypnotist. You've got a man who has control over the animals and has super strength. And then you've got a hunky blonde dude. And then you know a black guy who does all the work. I guess. Yeah. He really did do pretty much everything. Also, it's not clear if Mandrake actually has real magic powers. Because there's a couple points in the story where he seems to have, like, telekinetic abilities. But then also ones where it's like, Oh, I've only clouded your judgment and hypnotized <laughs> you to do that. And I'm like, well, do you have magic powers? Did you or see are him? you just a really good bullshitter? <laughs> did you see him do any telekinesis? When Flash landed, he's like, don't touch that ship, you'll burn yourself. And then he uses his mind powers to open the door and lift the cannon. You're right, that was like ten seconds into the show. You're mm-hmm. right. And I read online that he just has, like, the power of persuasion and the power to make you see things. Hypnosis. Mm-hmm. 
But in the first 10 seconds, he straight up opens that door <laughs> yes. with levitation. Well, also, then... When they got captured by the natives and they were up in that net, it was very reminiscent of Star Wars in Return of the Jedi when our heroes get captured in the net by the Ewoks. And yeah. then all of a sudden you have a bunch of natives with spears coming after you. Except there, Luke and C-3PO use their mm-hmm. power to like convince the native peoples to like save them. Right. And in this, Mandrake, with his amazing ability to make people think that spaceships are flying away and to open doors, he does nothing whatsoever except get taken prisoner and just go with it. Well, now that you've put in my head that Mandrake has telekinetic powers on top of his other powers, it kind of... Maybe he just persuaded the ship to want to (laughs) open. That's good. That's good. It makes me feel like everyone else on the team is really inferior. Well, I don't know. The strength of ten tigers is something. And also... But by children's cartoon logic, he does not have super strength all the time. He has to say this thing. Well, so does he, man. So that means he does it once an episode. So, like, what I'm getting at is that... Okay, He-Man, Thundercats, Popeye, like... (laughs) Right, but what I'm saying is that short of once an episode... Uh, Power Rangers. Phantom is just an agile dude also he's a a white american guy who somehow has the jungle birthright that gives him the superpower of tigers wolves and what else a hawk or something uh horse a horse uh but okay jungle horse <laughs> oh, well also the, i don't remember the story of the phantom completely but there is an element of him being ridiculously wealthy too so he's a but this was at a time when people well, were rich white guys are the most powerful thing in africa <laughs> <laughs> this was at a time when people i mean the phantom was created at a time when people were writing stories about rich white guys so you, you know mean still <laughs> I mean... The two, like, most popular superhero franchises are (laughs) Batman and Iron Man. (laughs) Which are both guys that have no powers but are ridiculously wealthy. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure Batman was only created no more than ten years before the Phantom, I'm guessing. I mean, even Superman has a fucking ice palace. Uh, yeah. With his own zoo of exotic creatures. Superman is one of the wealthiest people. He he doesn't get to flaunt his money. Is there an element in Superman's story that he has to work at the Daily Planet? Like, or is it his choice? I think it's his choice. I mean, he doesn't have to do anything. He's Superman. Right, he could just... He doesn't have to eat or anything. He could murder the world. He doesn't have to, like, pay rent or eat. He could just push planet earth like into the sun at will does he sleep yeah i think so right okay and he eats i, I don't know why does he, he eat yeah does he need to eat i don't know his own i mean eating is for power and he his power comes from the sun i mean his power comes from the sun but that doesn't mean that he doesn't require like a baseline of stuff to stay alive Krista's roommate is a DC nerd I wish we had her here he right now can't hold his breath for a ridiculously long time though she's right she's not a DC nerd yes she is she thinks she's a DC nerd well she knows more than me that's for sure 
Yeah. So, uh, I don't know why we got onto Superman. Why not? <laughs> Ice prison. Um. So, the the supercomputer that's powered by uh, Flash's Flash dead, wife. dead wife. Yeah. So Ming has Flash's wife held prisoner, and he locks her into this device that he calls the Inquisitor, which is to get her to talk. The whole point of this device is that it's, it's I, I don't know, a, a torture device or a truth extractor of some kind, and they throw the switch, and it, it just electrocutes her to death. It doesn't do anything except kill her and also store her soul somehow in a magic crystal. And none of that is is useful at all for obtaining information. I have to imagine that the crystal wasn't even supposed to happen. The crystal was in the machine area. It looked like she was just holding it in her hand. So not only does the machine not do what you were describing that it should do, but then yeah. this crystal thing just is supposed to happen is, to Yeah, you? I don't know. Is that a side effect? Did he accidentally create a machine that could, you know basically make every being immortal in the form of a crystal and he's just using it to try and get information out of prisoners well okay so what it made me think of uh yeah, i but, have created a device that can control the weather but also causes pain so i will call it the pain maker and strap people in and turn it on and it's like you've got one of the most insane like scientific breakthroughs ever and you're just using it to electrocute ladies. Look, maybe we shouldn't call it one of the most scientific breakthrough, significant scientific breakthroughs ever because it's it didn't even do what it was supposed to do. It didn't do the thing. Maybe he strapped her in the wrong machine. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Let's say the crystal thing is on purpose. Okay. It is supposed to eventually kill you and then harness your soul within a crystal. Maybe the crystal machine was in, like, room 436, and the Inquisitor was <laughs> in room 463, and he just got turned around, and he couldn't remember, and he's like, oh, I'll just, whatever's in there, we'll just strap her into it. And okay. <laughs> Forget the Inquisitor part for a second. Focusing on the crystal, I think it's supposed to be like a um, like a governor from the Walking Dead situation. You know, where he has the fish tanks with the heads yeah, of, like, people that he knew or loved or killed or whatever. You mean it's a trophy? Yes. it's Yes. Yeah, yeah, I took a very long way to yeah. say the word trophy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... It's only two syllables. You just <laughs> skip right to it. Fat Gov- Governor is already more syllables than trophy. <laughs> Fathom. Uh... Right. What else about the Defenders of the Earth? That was stupid. <laughs> um, uh, this is something not exclusively from Defenders of the Earth. Yeah, I think it's a cool song. It was okay. Um, robot punching. This is something that happens in a lot of cartoon shows, particularly of the superhero and science fiction variety. Anytime there's robots around people just punch them. You know how much it would hurt to punch a fucking robot? You'd just break your hand immediately. Yeah, he would. Lothar runs through and he punches two or no, is it the boy? Flash's son. Rick. 
uh, Gordon Jr. Rick Jr. Ju- <laughs> Rick Gordon is his name. Yeah. Um, he runs out of their prison cell and he just like quickly gives like a one-two punch and knocks out two ice robots immediately, with no ill effects to himself. And like from, it, it hurts to punch a person. From what we know, Rick and Flash do not have superpowers. Am I wrong? I mean, being a handsome white guy is almost a superpower sometimes. <laughs> okay, let me try that again. Do they have super strength? I, I think he so he's supposed to be real strong. I don't think it's super strength. I mean, he knocked out two robots. Was it two punches or was it one punch? One punch each. Okay. Well, would you punch a robot? No. <laughs> what if you were being attacked by it? I would just accept my fate. <laughs> I'm going to be killed by a robot. Because punch it... Like... Okay. If you punched a human person, you could already break your hand. Like, mm-hmm, that could mm-hmm, hurt. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a relatively soft, fleshy outer yep. over a, an inner skeleton... Of bones that are rigid, but not rock solid. Right. Certainly not metal. Right. Now, if instead you had... Like, like have you ever just punched something metal? I don't know. I think like, it's a no. It's like punching a, a car. Right. Right. I, I don't know. Just punching a robot's a bad idea. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and they just gloss over it every time. Like You no didn't even get into it. the fact that it hurts their feelings. Mm-hmm. It's it's also a problem in Star Wars. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a lot of scenes in all the Star Wars movies and uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels where someone hits a stormtrooper in the head and knocks them out. What the fuck is the helmet for? The helmet isn't protecting them at all somehow. Like, if you were wearing even a fake costume helmet of some sort and someone knocked you on the head... You're not going to go down. You're going to be like, ah, oh, what the fuck? It might have hurt a little bit, but I can't imagine being knocked unconscious by getting hit in the back of the head with a rifle while you're wearing a helmet. I have to wonder how useful Stormtrooper armor is to begin with outside of the use of looking Just cool. Uniform. It looks cool. It can't be that useful. I mean... Because you never see one of them get hit with, a, like, a blaster bolt, and it just goes, like, and, like, zips off to the side or glances off. Even if it they prevents... They always just go, Wah! Even if it prevents a fatality, it still knocks them back onto the ground. Right. And, uh, okay, let's just assume for a second that... I mean, it saved Captain Phasma from getting killed by Chewie. Did, she, did he shoot her with a laser? No, he, like, slammed her up against the wall. Right. Okay, or but through a door or something. Let's assume for a second that not all stormtroop. It would be ridiculous to think that every stormtrooper has very poor accuracy training when it comes to firing a blaster rifle. It's stupid to think that. Well, all evidence points to that exactly. Assume, stay with me for a second. Assume that the Empire does put them all through blaster rifle training, mm-hmm. and they are equipped to shoot accurately at long distances or even short distances. Mm-hmm. With a blaster rifle. Is it possible that the helmet makes it really hard to see? 
and that's what's preventing them from being able to ever hit anything. I know that there's hardcore Star Wars nerds that would like know exactly what it is stormtroopers see from inside their helmet. I was led to believe maybe there's some sort of heads-up display. It should be a, an improvement, not an impediment. It should be, right. I, I think when it comes to them being inaccurate, it was poorly trained soldiers en masse. Like, they wanted bodies in, in the suits. That was it. Yeah, yeah. But all I'm saying is I think it's possible... That stormtrooper armor. Stormtroopers, they're not clone troopers. They don't have that elite combat training. There's a there's a distinct difference in the amount of dollars being thrown around when it comes to clone troopers versus stormtroopers. Right. Um, and I think even in the case, ah, no, well, I'm not going to get into stormtroopers are conscripted. What does that mean? Uh, well, first order anyway. They're taken. Like, without choice, they're like, hey, guess what? You're in the Imperial yeah. Army now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I'm getting at is that I think Stormtrooper armor, it's possible that it is more than anything to save your life. It's not to make you impenetrable to well, it's battle. Like a Kevlar vest. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how we got on this. This is important. <laughs> I Well, I don't disagree with that. I just don't remember... What the original inciting incident for this argument was. Hmm. But. I mean, in some cases, uh, like, sand troopers, their armor has, like, a cooling unit attached that helps keep them cool. The Snow- brown thing? No, the brown thing's just, uh, that's like a rank signifier of, or a unit. Oh, I thought it was like, like a butt signifier. for your gun. Maybe, maybe so. That might be an important part of no, it. No, it's but definitely know, a rank thing. I know that there are certain stormtroopers that have that, uh, like, tan shoulder pad thing. It's a rank. In different circumstances that are not on desert planets. But oh. snow troopers also have a special gear that helps, you know, keep them warm. Right. So, you know, maybe there's just... Like a baseline, we're hanging out on the Death Star armor that doesn't really do anything because they're not doing anything. Right, right. Of all the time, the probably years that the Death Star was under construction and first being put into use, they were without incident. They probably never once had to fire a blaster that entire time in there. It was only in the narrow window of the Star Wars A New Hope in, like, the last half hour that anything ever happened that they were shooting. They probably never held a gun before. You're saying they were on a lot of boring patrol duties before that. Yeah. Just patrolling layers of the Death Star. Yeah. Walking back and forth. We've seen statistics showing that it would have an insane amount of employees that would never be fathomable. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and then you already mentioned clone troopers. What's the... What's the name of the droid fighters? Battle droids? Battle droids. See, with those, you've got a way higher cost, but there's got to be an element of them being able to survive longer in battle, and then there's the element of you can repair them more than you can repair a human. They repaired that that much. They seem to be just completely disposable. That's pretty much the sole benefit of battle droids. Maybe it's the opposite of what I said. Maybe it's, it's a cheap droid that's easily disposable. I mean... You've seen the prequels. The battle droids don't ever, like, do anything. They're worse than stormtroopers. <laughs> yes. 
However, one thing I distinctly remember from the Battlefront games is destroyer droids. Which ones are those? The ones that roll out and, and they have a ball. Set up a pot. Yeah, that the, thing's they have fucking their hard own to beat. Individual shield generator. That's that's hard. There's a trick to beating them. You have to roll like a, a proton grenade at a certain speed. It has to be slow enough as not to get deflected, but fast enough to make it into their range, and then it will pop. They call them droid poppers. Right. You know that from the Battlefront games or from something else? Just from something else. I probably knew that back in the day when I was playing Battlefront, but. So, there was another thing that happened in this, the, in, in the cartoon. The DOE. Yeah. Uh, when Flash Gordon's wife dies in the Inquisitor machine, before they know that her uh, consciousness or whatever has been saved in crystal form, uh, she's dead. For, for all intents and purposes, that's what they think. No one stops. There's no tears. <laughs> There's nothing. He just picks her up and carries her out. And he's like, I will hunt him down. And then the son is like, oh, mom. And like, that's that's it. What, was there any they point? They just move on. Was there any point in this episode when anyone expressed emotion about anything? Not really, no. Yeah. So... I- they didn't have time for that. They have to introduce new characters. Also, we have the Phantom's daughter who has a telepathic connection to some sort of super panther. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who can run as fast as a car and understand English commands via telepathy. One of those one of those podcast times when it's like, we're not making that. We can't make this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there's, I read that there's a certain point in the series in which she's dating Rick Gordon. I mean, do they stay together? Is it like a brief fling? Are they able to work together in a professional capacity afterwards? I don't know, but it it probably has something to do with you were talking about that that rich white guy superpower, yeah. you know? I uh, have a strict policy in my life to never date a co-worker again. <laughs> I guess they're co-workers. They're co-defenders, at least. Do you co-worker? Do you and your co-workers start off the day with a, a hands-in team, team on three? It's not that far off. <laughs> do you guys have daily meetings? I uh, decline to attend, but yes, <laughs> because I don't like being made to do any sort of um, like forced enthusiasm. You know, is it? Uh... Is it, like, necessary that you go to these? It's not really necessary that anyone goes to them, for the yeah. most part. Well, you... Okay, so this whole discussion is centered around a place that you're not going to say the name of. I used to work at Kohl's. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. And we used to have a, a morning... Didn't you get mad at Mike the other day for saying that you worked at Kohl's on the mic? Maybe. Uh, Josh, you mean? Yeah, that might have been it. Whatever. That sounds like something I would have done. Um... We had a morning meeting and a closing meeting mm-hmm. every day, and there was literally close to zero reason for these meetings, but one... Team building. There was almost no reason for meeting other than to tell us what the financial dollar goal for the mm-hmm. store was that As day. As though you can help. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, we're only, we're only $15 short. <laughs> and then also, the if we met said dollar goal... Which, it, like you said, doesn't matter if I... I, mean, I, I can't arbitrary. help. I, I can't help. And 
why I'm not going to see more money if we made yeah, it. And are you going to have some way throughout your day where you can tabulate what's happening? Like, let's see, I rang up this much and then that, and then but then there was a return, so that's minus twenty five dollars. Like, and also, Cole's employees don't work on commission, so it's not like I'm. It's not like I see a customer and the the, the my training that I've learned through Cole's training videos is mm-hmm. to teach them to buy one more item than the amount is, of items they already have. Is the, the pricing in Cole's already makes you do that. Um, <laughs> so, do you remember the store, The Buckle? Is that, yeah. still, is that still a store? Do they Krista? Yeah? Is The Buckle still a store? It's just called Buckle, not The. They dropped the The, like Facebook. <laughs> now it's... Are you going to talk about how yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you Talk remember about this. the buckle? Challenge? I remember the game. Yeah. The buckle challenge was to try to enter the store, walk to the back wall, touch it, and get out of the front door without someone trying to sell you something. If you grew up in a town like Jack and I, these are the games you played to pass the time <laughs> yes. until you could leave said town. Um, and what I won I, that game one time. What I find fascinating about the buckle game is that it used to be a great game in that you could go, you could attempt it, and there was a chance that you might succeed and a chance you might fail. And now I look at some of my... In 2017, I look at some of my favorite stores, Mm -hmm. like Hot Topic or GameStop. I'm talking about mall stores. Yeah. And it's... There's no winning. If you were to play these games in those stores, it is impossible to win the game. If you were in a Hot Topic, you could do kind of like a a pick and roll situation where you have like a sacrificial lamb that you send out there to to take the how may I help you. And Well, they don't say how may I help you. It's like, hey, how's it going today? Like they're your friend and you're like, oh, hey, how are you? Just wanted to let you know that everything is... It's like, oh, fuck you. You You know how your friends do. You don't care how I'm doing. Your friends tell you that everything's buy one, get one. Buy two shirts. Um, well, Hot Topic stores are so tightly packed that it is sort of Pac-Man labyrinthian. They're so tightly packed, you have to turn sideways and shimmy through if you want to reach And, like, constantly apologize to other customers. And then GameStop, you're getting constantly... If you weigh over 200 pounds, just don't go into Hot Topic. (laughs) You can't make it. Like... I have to suck it in and, like, do, like, the sideways crab shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man, there was something How else. How do women go through there with, with bosoms? They must be constantly knocking things over. What store? Hot, Hot topic. topic. Oh, I knock over shit all the time. With your boobies? Yeah. Kristen yeah. knocks over stuff with her boobies. You know, boobies. women with their breasts, they're always just knocking things over. <laughs> oh, God, I had something about this I really wanted to say. Keep talking about mall stores for a minute. So, the buckle... Did those people work on commission? Yes. I, okay. I know for a fact. They, they had to. What? They make regular set, like, money. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they get a commission on top of it. So it's right, that's like how commission works. Yeah, yeah. That was 100% commission, which sucks. That's like 100% tips for a waitress. I had a cousin that worked there for a long time and got a, a lot of money was from commission. Was she a pretty lady? My cousin? Yeah. I mean, there's a gray area about me answering. 
Come on, you know, dude. You know. Okay, at one point after I, leaving I the had buckle. I a cousin who was a pretty lady. At one point after leaving the buckle, she became the dental hygienist of last week's okay. no, non-guest okay. Josh. Dental hygienist. She was very pretty, is what you're saying. She became Josh's dental <laughs> hygienist at one point, and he loved to tell me <laughs> that, her that boobs were he was either them. about to or just visited my cousin Dale at the dentist office because he liked looking at her. But she had a <laughs> a male chipmunk name. Well, yeah. so uh, in my family, the oldest son always gets the middle name Dale, mm-hmm. and my uncle Mark, who is a weird, eccentric, quirky man, only had one child, and they it was have a daughter. A lot of those in your family, don't? Yeah, uh, more so yeah. than others. He only had a daughter, so he named her Dale. Gotcha. Yeah, and she got a. I know it's a chipmunk name. So is one of your brothers named Dale? Yeah, my brother Pat, his middle name is Dale, but when I was growing up, he knew that he didn't want to do that, and he actually didn't do that. So he always called me Maverick Dale, because he thought thought if he just, like, pawned it off on me, (laughs) then it would become my responsibility instead of his. Just, like, elbow on you in the ribs, like, hey, so, yeah, you're going to have a kid someday and name him Dale, right? (laughs) You You know how your middle name is Dale? You want to pass that on, right? Yeah. God. If you ever have a kid, he's just going to show up at the hospital and just, like, tell them while they're filling out the birth certificate. Just go, uh, the middle name's actually Dale. Dale. Mm. Yeah. D-A-L-E. That's that's how he wanted you to spell Michael. D-A-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What was I going to say about mall stores? Keep talking. Pretzels. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sunglasses hut. What were we talking about right before... The buckle. The buckle game. Right. I don't have it. The games that kids played... If we move on... Boobs and farts? <laughs> <laughs> what? There, maybe there was something about another um, game of being in a small town and trying to... I don't know. If we move on to a totally different thing, I'll think of it. As soon as we're moving on to something you actually want to talk about, I'll think of it. Okay. That's how it works. What is that thing that you really want to talk about? Is it cereal? I mean, we can talk about cereal. This this is boring cereal. Yeah, we wanted we had this funny idea of we we watched the generic off-brand superheroes cartoon, so we wanted generic off-brand cereal, but we didn't have any ready. We always have like 50 ready to go. We have a bunch of cereal. Yeah, on standby, just I not mean, the one we wanted this week. Shocking. Yeah. Um, so we ate Vanilla Life. Life is a good cereal? Vanilla Life is a better cereal. I think Vanilla Life was not that great. I'd rather have Cinnamon Life for sure. I feel like vanilla... You have some picky tastes, and I feel like vanilla is one of those flavors that you're opposed to. Oh, I like vanilla. I thought it was real good. Have some vanilla yogurt in there, like vanilla ice cream, like vanilla ice. This is how good Vanilla Life is, okay? This is a... This is an outstanding review of it. Life Life Baby. We watched the cartoon in the living room, and I was sitting in your recliner. I was reclined way back in the chair, eating it straight out of the box. Some of the one of the pieces fell on my shirt and stuck to my shirt. Mm-hmm. And then I went into my bedroom, and Krista saw it, picked it off my shirt, ate it. Still good. <laughs> she she claimed she liked it. Okay. It was delicious. Yeah, that was delicious. She ate my shirt cereal. It was all right. It was, it was crispy. Uh, life obviously doesn't hold up in milk. That's just a thing. Better than cereal. I feel like it could be worse in milk. 
I feel like there's worse milk cereals than life. Like Golden Grams? Yeah, well, I guess it is close to Golden Grams. It's like real close. Who sent us? <laughs> it's a mystery. We have a mystery. Someone sent us a wonderful mystery Lego tape. Because they knew we wanted it real bad. I just assumed it was addressed to flannel cakes. I assumed, oh, one of our girlfriends sent this. But they, okay. they have both denied so far. Well, I saw it and thought it was you and you like either messed up or were trying to be clever by putting that. And I debated for a long time about whether or not I should open it. Because it might not legally be mine to open. I mean, if it came in the mail addressed to flannel cakes, I think you're allowed to open it. Well, I kind of had this image in my head of you coming home being like, what, you you opened it? You know? Mm-hmm. And then when I saw what it was, I thought it was maybe a birthday gift from you. Anyway, thank you very I much. I gave you a birthday gift. I know. I know. <laughs> you don't get extra gifts. I, there, there have been times when you've bought many gifts. I, well, I gave you some stuff the other day that was just random. Yeah. See? That's three right there. Um... For anyone wondering, Jack bought me a John Cena mutant figure. It's oh yeah, for your birthday. It's essentially the X Men character Colossus merged with John Cena. Yeah, pretty much. That's almost exactly it. Um, or just John Cena as one of those silver painted street performers. Yeah, <laughs> when his career is real and real down. Like you could just put a hat on the ground in front of him, full of little action figure change. And that would just be his job. Apparently yesterday was John Cena's 40th birthday. Really? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thank you to the person who sent us this Lego brick Let's tape. Let's try to sort this out. It's someone who listens to our show regularly that we also know personally that has our address. There's not that many people. I have a problem with this. Okay. If I guess some of the people that I think uh-huh. it is, I think that's a little insulting to if I'm wrong to like the person that we forgot. That's true. I think it's um <laughs> But I, I I know <clears throat> You know what? I know who recently asked me for my address out of the blue and I didn't question why they asked. Uh, it was Molly. You think think Molly sent us some Lego tape? I'm gonna text Molly real quick. Where's my phone? Oh, it's charging the room. Can you Um, talk for a minute? So this Lego tape is black, rubbery, flexible. It, for some reason, comes in a 3.28 by one meter. It's So it's 3.28 feet long, and it's 2 by 128 Lego dots. Easily cut... And it has a sticky back to it. Do you have plans I, so far? I thought it would be fun to like create a like a Star Wars fight scene at, atop the uh, ceiling fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, or just on the ceiling. What about in the archway right there? We have an archway from our living room to our. I, I also considered uh, placing it along the handle of the refrigerator. It's almost perfectly sized. To put like all all different Lego accoutrements on the, but then every time you open the fridge, you'll knock the figures off. Well, you don't grab the part where the figures are. That sounds like a pain in the ass, dude. Your first ideas were great. You could wear it like a headband. Where is? I'm gonna text. Look at that. I'm a Ninja Turtle. (laughs) Uh, yeah, a Lego Ninja Turtle. Uh, I don't know. What, What could we do with this? 
I want to do something fun. I mean, I liked your ideas, and that's just us just throwing a couple of things out. Remember, they don't have to be upside down. It can go just anywhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All those uh, Lego minifigures that, like, fall over when the shelf gets bumped. Mm-hmm. A little of this on there? Never again. Yeah. I think uh, I think we'll definitely get some good use out of it. Regardless of who sent it, thank you. And if you want credit, let us know and we'll we'll thank you personally. Yeah. And, and if you don't want credit, you just want to anonymously send us gifts. I was going to say, if this, is, if this is your first time thinking, oh, I can just send them free stuff because I like the show, if someone just gave you that idea, follow through on that idea. <laughs> send us free stuff. Okay, Molly just responded. I mean... Ah, it's not Molly. Well, now whoever did it is feeling insulted. I, I have some thoughts about who it is. It, it, Does it they, rhyme with Shlomisha? Rhyme with what? Shlomisha Schlemming? No, doesn't he, have the address. Okay, then who? I'm thinking. Remember, we had a party not that long ago, and it, there were many visitors to the flannel cave, and each one of them had to be given our address so it could be any one of those people okay but spoiler alert not that many people listen to our show enough to know to not only know that we wanted it but know that we missed out on getting it and to like us enough to spend money on us i mean i can't think of anyone that fits all those criteria (laughs) i would say melissa and molly fit that criteria i was gonna say bloody mike shit i forgot about bloody mike by the way just had a baby I mean, his wife had the baby, and by that I mean doctors removed it using knives and stuff. Knives? Yeah. Okay. So Mike's wife was recently in the hospital having a several-pound parasite removed from her stomach, so congratulations. (laughs) Uh, I'm getting a weird Google survey right now. Oh, what is it? Between January and March 2017, have you experienced any of the following major life events? Select Diarrhea. All, <laughs> select all that apply. And then there's a picture, not not like words, it's a picture of okay. a graduation cap. I'm going to see the pictures. An engagement ring, a house, a pacifier. A wheelchair. That, I think, is a set of golf clubs. It's definitely boxes on a dolly, as in a move. Got it. Okay. But it and looks then, a little like a wheelchair. And then the other one is buying a computer, I'm guessing? Moving into a garage? Started a new business. <laughs> okay. I did not adopt a new dog. Dude, if you tell them that you had all of those life events, you'll probably get way more Google surveys because they'll want to know your opinions on baby stuff, on who you picked for moving and where you moved to. They'll- I mean, I'll definitely answer dog questions, so I'm going to hit that I adopted a dog. The home one is not bought a home. It's renovated a home. And we did install a bidet recently, yep. so that counts. And, we I mean, we've made a lot of improvements to this house. Started a new business. I mean, we changed the name of the podcast, maybe. So. Oh, that reminds me. And we might be going into business with some paid content. I didn't get engaged. I did not adopt a new cat. I did not buy a home. I think we have, at this point, just a few hours left on the... Uh, Voting of people's favorite names. I wish we could tell who vote, like who's voting. It doesn't tell you who voted. Oh yeah, it doesn't do that on Twitter. Will it do it like after the votes closed? It's eight hours no, and twenty-one minutes. I think minutes Facebook left. tells you who voted. 
I tried to create a Facebook poll and I didn't see a, a thing. Um. So here's what I'm thinking about the name thing. Mm-hmm. Is this a, is this appropriate mic talk? I guess if it's not, we'll cut it out. Yeah. Uh, what I was thinking is we should as a test go through all of the places where our name is registered and make sure we can change it because if we can't on an important one like itunes for example that's a bit of a a killer yeah that's true we should make sure we can do that we could just tell people that that's the name now just not not change anything It'll be as effective as anything else. We'll start calling it Flannel Dale Cakes. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you hate that name? It's Rodeo's middle name. Flannel Dale Cakes? Rodeo's the oldest, so that's his middle name. Is it only the oldest that passes it down? Yes. Or is it... To the oldest son. And only in the middle. So then how did your uncle get it? He... He just... He's just weird. Okay. It's not his middle name. Mark's okay. what's Mark's middle name? I don't know, but it's not Dale. Oh, I know what Mark's middle name is. It's not Dale. Chip. Oh, yeah. clever. Monterey. It's great. Day. Awesome. You know what? My allergies Top are really... gun. What? <sighs> Did I tell you I had a new name interaction? I've I've had just about every interaction involving my name that you can have. Mm-hmm. I had a new one. I met this real old guy who was convinced that I had never heard of Top Gun. Did you just tell him, yes, I'm familiar? I tried to, but he was insistent that it was before just my time. Just telling the plot of it. <laughs> it was before my time, and I would not know the name or plot or anything about this movie. I mean, it could blow this guy's mind right now. You can still see all the movies. <laughs> I mean, we just watched a show that aired before you were have born. You, have you seen the the film starring award-winning actor Michael B. Jordan, Fruitvale Station? No. Do you know the film? It's on my Netflix queue. It's, first off, really fucking great. Mm-hmm. Really great movie. Do you know anything about what it's about? No. It's a true a story. in Fruitvale? It's a true story about a guy who uh was on the bart system in san francisco okay and i don't it's been a few years since i've seen the movie i don't remember all the details but essentially he gets in some trouble and he gets arrested and there's a lot of racism involved station in that section of the bart like uh this these police are racist towards this guy and there's trouble with Mm -hmm. police and i'm familiar with black youths you know anyway this guy's a lawyer, and we had to talk to him for work, and we went into his law office, mm-hmm. and he has a conference room for meeting with clients, and in the corner of the conference room, he has a, a huge, like a gigantic poster for the movie Fruitvale Station. Okay. And I like that film, and so I said to the guy after the interview, I was like, hey, it's a good movie. Why, why do you have that? And he goes, oh, I just, I saw it one time, and I thought it was cool. And so I, I like I thought he was gonna be like, yeah, I represented that guy in in court, or I dealt with came with the office. We just moved race in relations. <laughs> yeah, no, he just likes that movie, and so he got a poster of it in his office. Not even in his like personal office, like in the conference room of his law office. I feel like a lot of people, most people, 
I've never even heard of that movie. So yeah, it's not a big one. People just probably walk in and go, "What's that?" But I mean, Michael. <laughs> oh, it's B- just a movie I saw one time. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan hardly does it wrong. I mean, there's Fantastic Four, which I've not seen. Have you seen that? Nope. I I have not actually seen one single Fantastic Four movie, and I'm completely okay with that. It is worth your time to watch the Roger Corman one. That one is the only one I want to watch. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to get your hands on. It can't be that hard. Like, the Star Wars Christmas special is hard to get your hands on unless you have YouTube. Like, <laughs> um, I don't think it's on YouTube. I think you have to pirate it. Yeah, Marvel and Disney, probably. Well, I think Corman Fox is the one that's Sony. hard on it. Because I, I, this brings me to a topic I'd like to talk about. I read an article this week about... Uh, some like behind the scenes things about the new MST3K. Mm-hmm. One of the things I read was that they didn't want to do public domain movies for this one mm-hmm. because the films, like the actual like literal film itself, is not well kept for yeah. a public domain movie, right. and they wanted good cuts of things. So they bought all the movies in the movie in the show. Excuse me. And they bought one movie from Roger Corman, and it was, like, a whole process. They had to, like, meet with him and, like, talk to him about it and stuff. He's probably sick of it because I think Roger Corman had more movies on the original run of MST3K than anyone else. But they they didn't pay for any of those movies. He was probably like, you know what? You guys are going to make fun of me, aren't you? Um, And I got some of your questions answered in this article. Some of the things that you were wanting to know about. What Gypsy is doing in front of the screen? Yes, yes. Uh, Joel says... Wait, is this something that's going to be revealed later in the show? Is this a spoiler? Nope. It's just a thing that Joel did. Okay. Uh, He says that she is delivering the payload. Whatever's in that bag is the payload, and she delivers it, and then she comes and gets it later. He says he doesn't want you to know what the payload is. It's just a cute little joke. It's not cute. It just... It's like, is she bringing them snacks? We should explain what we're talking about. Should we? Yeah. In the new Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, available on Netflix. In every movie that they're watching, (laughs) Gypsy, the giant purple hose trash can, uh, comes in during the middle of the movie. Oh, someone from Texas is calling. Goodness. I just won't answer that. Uh... And so Gypsy comes down from the ceiling carrying what looks like a picnic basket or a, a shopping bag or something and sets it down in the seating area and then makes a quick comment, not addressing what she's doing, just makes a comment about like the movie. Like makes a riff on the and movie. And then zips back up and disappears. And, and then, then like later on, she, 30 to 45 minutes she, later, she reappears, grabs it, and, and leaves. Makes another comment, too, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so that's what that is. And they don't say, hey, Gypsy, what are you doing? Or, what is that? Or, why are we sitting next to this thing now? It just happens, and that's it. Um, Another thing I learned is that we were debating about why they do the station identification breaks. Yeah. He said it's because... The it's a He says it's a commitment to watch the same thing for 90 minutes. He says in comedy, if you're watching a comedy television show, it's hard to stay focused and pay attention for that long, especially when it's a bad movie. So it was to break it up a little bit in your brain. 
Um, okay, I guess. Also, he wouldn't say which two, but he said two of the movies in this season were so painfully bad that he he knew they were going to be like canon episodes. He knew that they were just so painfully hard to watch that um, they would really stand out above the crowd, you know? Okay. And he wouldn't say, he didn't want to say which two because he didn't want to like set your expectations of those episodes. I feel like Cry Wilderness They were speculating. so far. The people who interviewed him for this article were speculating that it's, that probably Cry Wilderness is one of them. I've only seen the first three at this point. I've seen three, I think. Yeah, if you, whether you're an old fan, let me say this. Whether you're an old fan of MST3K or a new one and you want to try the new show, maybe skip the first episode and start with Cry Wilderness, the second episode, because it is really fucking great. Yeah. So, on the third episode, they do the Time Travelers. Yeah, I saw that one. It's not that bad. Like, the movie itself, it's it's poorly made and it's very dated, obviously, but like... The plot and the story of it don't seem that bad to me. Also, there are amazing camera tricks in The Time Travelers. There are a ton of... It's like they just had a bunch of magicians, and they were like, (laughs) Hey, uh, would you like to come in and be a part of our movie? You can do some of your tricks. And then they just like, sure, I know some sleight of hand things. And then they just bring them in. They are in one shot doing something strange and future-y. And then they, that's it. There are things that happened in that movie that I literally don't know how they when, did. When they took the head off and put it back on. Was that where the guy's laying on the assembly yeah, line? In yeah. one continuous shot. Yeah, and there was other shots that I could probably explain, but that one in particular, I was like, I don't know how they did that. It yeah, got it, really got me. It wasn't bad, and it, there was some funny bits. It, it, it was not a quality film, but it was not nearly as bad as pretty much every other mystery science theater movie yeah um i would really recommend listening to baron vaughn the guy who plays mm-hmm. tom servo now mm-hmm. he just did Marin. Uh, i very much recommend everyone all the main cast has been on you made it weird at this point well jonah baron vaughn and hampton Young. I, has Patton ever done? You made it weird. I can't. I don't think Patton's ever done it. I don't know if he has. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm counting uh, Jonah and his robot friends. Right. You like Jonah in the role yeah. that he's in? I mean, yeah. Why not? I kind of wanna. Oh, I also learned from that article. There's a there's a uh, a Chinese movie from the '60s that is like one of those types of movies they would make fun of. Mm-hmm. It's like a Mystery Science type movie. That Felicia Day's outfit and then the outfit of the band. I can't remember what the band is the called. Skeleton Crew. Yeah. They, like it's, it's not even like a homage to that. Like they straight up ripped off the costumes. Interesting. From this movie. Well, I told you, and I don't know how interesting it is, but one of the guys who actually plays in the yeah, Skeleton this is, Crew. No, this is very interesting. Is, was a member of one of my favorite bands, uh, Heavens, which was a, a Matt Skiba project. That's from Matt Skiba of Alkaline Trio, and now Blink-182 fame. Had this cool, like, two-man side project that was really cool, 
and really good and it was just two guys who made all the music and one of those guys ended up uh, being in the skeleton crew and wearing a motorcycle helmet with bones on it I mean if anybody would put a guy like that in the show it's Jonah Ray they're both music nerds so it's probably like they probably know each other and he's like can I be in your thing yeah uh, you know Honestly, the skeleton crew, I think they're so cool that I would like totally like to cosplay as them. They're, um, uh, Amanda suggested that too. It would be really because fun. That would be a fun costume. Uh, I mean, I really like the intro, the music, the, all the interstitial. Like, we talked about in the first episode, there's that cryptid rap song. Yeah. Which is like one amazing. Of, one of the best, uh, what, what would you call those? I call them interstitials just because... They call them sketches. Sketches. Okay. I would say I love Mystery Science Theater 3000, and I've seen many, many episodes over the years going back deep into my childhood. About 80% of those sketches fall flat, like, just completely flat. Mm-hmm. And so far, I think the percentage has been much better oh, on yeah. the return. Yeah. The, the like, weird cardboard paper craft things they do a lot with. The the one in Cry Wilderness, where they have the giant paper craft that explains the, the layout of yeah, the film, was brilliant. Um, I remember when Rift Tracks first became a thing. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of fans complaining. They're like, oh, I love this concept. I love that I can still get my fill of MST3K. Yeah. But they're like, it doesn't have the sketches. I don't like it as and much. like... Okay. Yeah. I mean, MST3K, the movie, one of my all-time favorite movies. I've watched it a billion times. Yeah. Every time I watch it, I fast-forward through all the sketches. That one had the best sketches because there was, like, a, a coherent story, and there was actually some drama and stuff. A lot happening. of production quality in yes. those two. They're really good. Mm-hmm. I just, I skip, I skip through them. No one watches that show for the sketches. Somebody does, apparently. It's like watching Saturday Night Live for the musical guest. It really is, yeah. Um, so, we're not at our time yet, but I am having, like, severe allergy issues this week, and my throat is really killing me. Allergies talking. make you into... Bless you. Thanks. Allergies make you into a big baby. Every, every time you get, like, a severe allergy attack, I can tell because you always go... Uh, uh, uh. And if someone asks you a question, you're always like... Uh. And you're just like, you get all squinny and you make whiny sounds. I mean, yeah, I suffer from allergies. uh, You've suffered, so. Yeah, I think that suffer is the right verb. Like Christ on the cross with his sniffles (laughs) and itchy eyes. I think the two have some similarities. You're going blind. We haven't talked about that. I'm not going blind. You're going blind. The eye doctor told you... I have Sir, you're going to be blind within a month. <laughs> he didn't say that. He said, in a week, I'm going to have... In a week? I thought it was a month. He said, in a week, I will have healed up some very bad uh, capillaries and blood vessels in my eye. And ulcers. I have three ulcers in my left eye. He Did said, you feel that? Like, were you like, oh, man, my eye hurts a lot. No, he said that some people... Or I said a lot of people that have it come in with severe complaining of severe pain. I didn't feel anything. Uh, he said that it'll be healed up in a week, and also it's going to. He said pretty much eradicate all of my allergies. 
What? Yeah. How is... Because the cornea on my eyes are so inflamed from improper contact usage that... How are you improperly using them? Because ugh, that's a whole, that that opens a whole can of worms that may take up the rest of our time. I'll can I answer that in a second? Yeah. Um. The uh, because it's so inflamed, it really opens up the eye to increased amounts of bacteria and dust and pollen and allergens mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it makes my allergies way worse than they would be if I didn't have inflamed corneas. Did you whip Arfie with the... <laughs> the... I, I let it gently fall on him, and now he's very confused and looking around for what touched him because I did it quickly and discreetly and sat back up, and he was too busy with his bone, and then when he turned around to see what had happened, it was gone, and now he, he went back to it, and he's like, wait wait a minute, was that? Is there something back there? And now he keeps looking. My favorite part is how proud of yourself you were after you did that. Right. Also, my mom randomly showed up here yesterday. I missed her. Yeah, and took us out to dinner and then didn't want to do anything other than leave right away. I don't know if I said something at dinner or something, but she was like... She was just tired of your shit. I guess. Didn't didn't take very long. She met Krista for the first time. Maybe she's sick of Krista's shit. That was the first time? Yeah, and Krista only got about 90 minutes warning that she was going to meet my mom. I thought that... Krista went home with you for something. No, Krista... I went home for my grandma's funeral, but I didn't bring Krista with me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Should I get into this whole thing I have about contacts? Yeah, how are you improperly using contacts? Were you, like, rinsing them in toilet water or something? Like, Because I didn't grow up in a super rich household... It was definitely middle class. I'm not sure which part of the middle class we would fall into, but it was definitely middle class. And, you know, some of the money-saving techniques that my mom taught me were passed on to me. And one of them is that if you have eye insurance, they will only pay for contacts every other year. And they'll only pay for glasses every other year. So, like, I think in their mind... Because also, contact prescriptions that a doctor give you will only last a year. And then they demand that you get new... Yeah. You get your eyes checked again. And so, like, I think in the in the ideas of the insurer, in your mind, you will wear glasses for a year and then contacts for a year? I had a different thing. I had a similar insurance problem with... Uh, we also had poor people insurance, and I still do. But it was, you get one eye exam per year, one pair of glasses every two years... And, like, one box of each contact per year. So there's no way you can get through a year, I mean, safely, with one box of contacts. Yeah. So, at any rate, they're not covering you for the full span of anything that you need. Right. But they're like, well, you can go back to the eye doctor and get a new prescription, but you can't get those glasses made for another year. <laughs> or, like, you will you can get uh, enough contacts to get you through the next, like, two months yeah. And then you're just on your own. Right. And so for the entire time that I've been wearing contacts, which is more than 10 years, I've always been on the one-month ones, and my mom always taught me wear them for two months because then it stretches out to two years, and then you can get new contacts right when they're ending. Oh, I wear them until they're uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I aim for. I, I usually, I'll admit, I go longer than or two a, months. Or a tear. 
Yeah, I, I admit I go longer than that, but, and I shouldn't. But about – so that was like over 10 years ago that my mom told me that. Then I'd say about five or six years ago, eye doctors started telling me like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Like they shrink in the box and then by the time you put them on your eye, yeah, they're like, Yeah, okay, contact lens salesman. <laughs> I need to buy a new That's one. That's how I felt about yeah. it and kind of still feel about it. And they're like, it's then, then it shrinks and then by the time it goes on your eye, it's suffocating your eye and oxygen can't get to it. And that's what's building up these blood cells and blah, blah, blah. And I just – I when you – that's a – I think that's a fucking scam. But then when you add it on top of the fact that insurance companies are fucking us, and then you add on top of the fact that Trump is trying to find a way to help the insurance companies fuck us, and then you add on top of the fact that I can't get a good job because I have a shitty college education and I can't pay for that shitty college <laughs> education, and it's not going to help me get a better job, and so I can't get better health insurance, so I can't get better co- – like when you add all that on, like that's what I want to say to the fucking eye doctor, but he doesn't care. That, that's what – you just described life. Like I know. It's it. bullshit. Uh, I asked Mike last night, we were, we were talking about something, and I was like, how many people in the world do you think received a college education and now work in a job that's relative to that degree? I think that if you're going to ask that question, you have to pick a certain year and say everyone after this year. Because there was a time... When no one went to college. No, no, no. I'm going to say there was a time when you could go to college and get a job in your field very quickly when and easily. When college was a special thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'd say we'd have to pick, like, let's say 2005 mm-hmm. and look at everything after it's, that. It's basically doctors, teachers, and some people at your work. Like, that's most of the people who got jobs. Like, Well, what, what separates me and... Well, okay, what separates doctors from me and those teachers is that myself... Respect and, and money? <laughs> yeah, myself and teachers got d- jobs in our field right after college. Well, I, I took me a year, so I didn't get a job right after college. But then I don't earn a sustainable wage based on that, nor do I earn a sustainable wage to pay off my college education. I mean... This is way too late in the podcast for us to be fucking talking about you're this. You're preaching to the extremely poor choir here. You realize <laughs> that, right? Yeah. It's really fucked. It's really, 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 really fucked. That's why people should vote. <laughs> I think that... Okay, so... This is like... This is a fucked up thing for me to say, and I apologize for oh, that. Oh, we never say fucked up things on the show. <laughs> I don't mean to sound like a privileged white boy who deserves special attention. I don't mean to sound that way. But I seriously look at the college debt crisis that America has right now, and I wonder if in 50 years we will look back at people our age, people, millennials, who graduated after the turn of the century Mm -hmm. and say, like, Man, we really fucked those people. We should have been doing it. Because, like, I think we're going to figure it out here in a little bit. But you and I will have already gone to college by then. And you've already paid off your college debt. And I already have my debt. And I think that there will be a time when college will be paid for differently in this country. And we'll look back at you and me and Adam and Krista and Mike and be like, we did a huge disservice to those people and fucked a whole generation. Yeah, there's there's charts that you can look at of how much... And adjusted for inflation, how much college cost in, like, a given year versus how long it takes you to pay it off with the job that you get after college. Yeah. 
and the disparity is huge. And I wonder, it's not just about the fact that there are... Like, even it, college in 1980, like, you could... Was you the could, cost of a textbook. It was like it was like a soda pop and a, a cheeseburger. It was enough It was go. the cost of one textbook now for a semester. And um, it's not just about the fact... Because there are policies in this country moving towards helping get college paid for. Oh, Indianapolis... That was undone. I don't know if you heard about that. Well, Indianapolis just passed a thing that it's going to be like... If you graduate from an Indianapolis high school and you pick a certain Indiana college or a certain trade and you have X amount of grade, good grades, you'll get college paid for. Really? Yeah. And so I think it's great that there are policies in this country moving towards helping kids pay for college. I think that's great. But we really need to do something about the fact that, as you said, college used to be a special thing and it has gone we we passed the idea of it being yeah. a special thing well, now, a long time ago. If you don't have it, you're fucked. It's, I have one and I'm it's, fucked. It's just high school. You have 2. one and you're fucked. And then yeah. we have to also do something about the fact that the the job market. I, I don't know. I'm, I sound like a, job, I sound like a fucking asshole. Job now. markets, man. <laughs> I Fuck fucking job market. There's a there's a distinct problem with the amount of available and sustainable living jobs available to today's college graduates. I'm not saying anything anyone doesn't okay. know, so I just sound like a fucking idiot right now. Well, this is something I don't know if you heard, but Betsy DeVos uh, recently came She's going to fix it all? No, she's undoing Obama's uh, student loan like <sighs> programs that were made... Intended solely... To make repaying student loans more manageable and easier for people. Yeah. And they're like, we don't need that. Yeah. It's all coming down. It's all getting worse every day. I mean, we had a discussion in the kitchen the other day about my desire for nuclear war to just, just happen already. <laughs> just let it happen. Did you, did you listen to Allison Williams on You Made It Weird? No. Excuse me. She said a really funny thing, I thought. She talked about how uh, she thinks, in her opinion, and this is coming from a privileged white girl, you know, the son of a very rich newscaster. A very pretty The lady. daughter, excuse me, of a very rich <laughs> newscaster. Uh, she was talking about how she thinks that there's a consensus in white culture in this country that we all got together and we had a meeting and we're like, wouldn't it be great if we elected a black president? And then we did. And then we were like, great job, everybody. We did, we did great today. Let's pack it up. We can go home. And it's yeah. like, then everyone let their guard down because it's like, well, we fixed everything because we put a black guy in the White House. And then oh. well, that, and then look what fucking happened. There is something to that. But also, Obama got elected because there was finally something like... a. The minority voter turnout was probably larger on that election than any other election uh, in I'm history. I'm sure it was. And it dipped right back down afterwards because who was fucking excited for Hillary Clinton? I think, I think well, to, to support the argument that Allison Williams was making, it's that maybe the Democrats could have done a better job of picking who was the... Bernie the, Sanders? The successor yeah. to... Uh, to Obama. Yeah, someone... They let their guard down. Someone who uh, got the attention of their own voters maybe would have been a good idea. <laughs> Instead of 
Captain Pantsuit. <laughs> like, you know, Obama was great, but I think what people are really craving is an old rich white lady. <laughs> if we could end on something more fun, you saying Captain Pantsuit made me think of this. Okay. Krista and I had a lot Captain of... Captain Pantsuit, a, a later addition to the League of Super Earth Defenders. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Krista and I were walking around Walgreens for a long time today, waiting for my my eye saving medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm sh- because you work in a pharmacy, I'm sure you've seen this before, and this isn't going to be news to you at all. But okay. We were looking at the adult diapers. Oh yeah, my, that's actually my favorite area to work in. The one that's marketed towards men uh-huh. is fascinating to me because it has a black packaging. Yes. It's and very Krista, sweet. what was the phrase that it said real on it? Fit. Was it real fit? Yeah, it's just real fit. And it's got a fucking cool guy on it. Like a dude. Yeah, and he's doing the thing where you touch your watch. He's doing the James Bond pose. The watch toucher. Who does that? And when? And he's he's standing there. You can't see his head. It's just neck down. It's like he's fixing his cufflinks, except he's just wearing a t-shirt and an adult (laughs) diaper. (laughs) Yeah, so he's got like a Hanes t-shirt on. You can tell he's ripped underneath. And he's got a fucking adult diaper, a big expensive watch and the stance that he's in you just know that somebody on the set was like we're gonna put james bond in your mind yeah we're gonna make you think this is bond wearing a diaper (laughs) i mean some of the people who have played james bond are old enough to to be wearing those now you (coughs) you see the customers every day Mm -hmm. is there somebody that's coming in there a man that's coming in there that's feeling a little bit better about himself because of that packaging I don't know. I know that they they do marketing campaigns to remove the stigma because there are people who need those products, men and women, who are ashamed to buy them because they think it means that they're too old or that there's something wrong with them. But the fact is that a lot of people actually need them. That's all. I, I, I see a lot of people purchase them that you would never look at in your day-to-day life and go, I bet they're wearing it depends. I, I mean... Okay. Here's something unusual that I see happen way more than it should. And that's very, very elderly women purchasing uh, maxi pads, Mm -hmm. which they clearly have no practical use for. And they're using that instead of... And really gross. It is gross, and I, it can't be as effective. I kind of want like Krista when, to weigh in on when that they, one. When they buy them, I'm like, Krista, do you do you think people are like, oh, look at this young woman having periods still? Like, yeah, no, she's 90 years old. Well, you said there's people coming in that look like they shouldn't be buying well, adult diapers. No, there's there's just you expect that client to be of a certain age. I just I, in that case, I would assume they're if if the James Bond guy was buying adult diapers, I would assume he's buying them for his parents. Uh, sometimes that's the case. Sometimes not. Did you hear what he just said about elderly women? I did not. There are sometimes elderly women who purchase maxi pads instead of Depends or Poise or whatever. Products. But use them for the same purpose. I mean, you presumably. Could, I knew people that did cross country running in high school that would do that because they shit their pants all the time. If, if, if you're doing cross country running, you can't like stop and pee. You just need to go in your pants. 
There's a I difference have never between... been committed to anything to a degree in which I was willing to just shit myself in the middle of it. Yeah, and I gotta say, and keep going. There's a distinct difference between putting on a maxi pad so you can piss yourself while running a marathon, and there's a difference between putting a maxi pad on so you can shit yourself while running a marathon. I didn't even say while a maxi pad's not gonna help you not shit in your pants. Yeah, I mean it's going to. It's it not going or... to contain. Yeah. I also no. want it on Arfie's butt, like those, uh... Like Let's get Arfie diapers. I've been down for that. Let's get him a cool watch, too. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Did you pick them all up? Yeah. Krista picked up three poops today. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> laugh at her. And now she's eating cereal. I hope you washed your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're done here, right? Sure, why not? Hey, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and also subscribe to this. And also tell people about it. And uh, thanks for listening. Leave five stars on iTunes. And thanks for the Lego tape. And also, um, I mean, I believe we asked for some Kinder Candy. (laughs) (laughs) We would like Kinder Candy. What? Oh, we already crinkled the shit out of that bag. Yeah, we, we did some crinkling. Say bye, Krista. Bye. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders of the Earth.